Hello, welcome to Agents of Sigmar. Just two dads trying to rekindle our childhoods in gaming in the best way we know how, with bad jokes and fun games. Join us in our journey as we talk about tabletop games, board games and card games, all through the eyes of a casual and time-starved parent player. If you enjoy this podcast, please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you really appreciate our work, do visit Patreon to support us further. You'll find links to all these in the show notes. Wherever you find our content, please do like, subscribe, retweet, ring those bells and leave us those five-star reviews. We do so crave your approval. With all that begging out of the way, let's crash on. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's still, it's still cut out. I don't know why. It still didn't catch you, it. You're just, you're just it, doing it just it? all the time now. You're just doing it deliberately. <laughs> you've, got, you've got it set know, up. To cut, cut. I mean, the thing is, I, I never know, because I never go back and watch the live stream. I listen to the... I listen to the audio of the podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, but I never go back and watch the stream, so I never know. So you could actually just be BSing me. Talking nonsense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody remembers after the first five seconds any of that anyway. No, so. no, no, exactly. Who are we again? I have I, I, I don't even remember. I have managed to hit... Well, actually, you ask who are we again. I can very easily now just play our names because I, mm. I set up a new one that has our names in the right places. Hooray! That's the kind of crap I oh, do. Yes, I've got that. My stream had the longest advert on it. It was still going. Did the it? Advert. I was talking about when we were off camera. It was still going. About abs. How to get new abs. War Machine says just checking that we know we're not live. Are we not? Are you are you being silly, War Machine? I think he's being silly with us. Uh, we definitely with... should be live. Are you messing with us, War Machine? Are you trying to screw up the podcast? He's <laughs> Pod- all podcast listeners now are just sitting there going, what are these nutters up to? Ah, BJ sees us. Hello, Mr. Morph. Okay. And we've got Veek Leak as well. Says, yes. Yes, Veek Leak. Yes. Okay. I can't see Veek Leak's comment. Can you not? Very weird. I can see the War Machine of Florian, but not Veek Leak. Weird. If you're still online, Veek Leak, do say hello. I can't, I, Say I can't that again, prove I'm not a nutter. Okay. Maybe I've accidentally blocked. So we've got. <laughs> so yeah, we are we are live again, and welcome to the show. Whether you're watching us live or whether you're listening on the podcast later, welcome one and all. And we have quite a, possibly quite a, uh, a relevant subject this evening. I think it's always a relevant subject, actually. But I think in light of, I think what uh, previous relevant. Oh, relevant, sorry. not irrelevant. <laughs> um, particularly relevant at most times, even more so at the minute, and especially after I watched a little bit of uh, Andy from Blackjack um, broadcast yesterday, and he was talking about how um, current events could be changing the the you know the look of the landscape of gaming forever. So yeah, we'll come on to that in a little while. But we've got a few other little bits and bobs first, but not too yes, much. Before this we get to our ever. main topic tonight, which is stuff addiction, we're going to do a little rundown of our. Fortnite in gaming world. I, I've been Pete. I've been mainly obsessed with uh, getting over COVID or the family getting over COVID and um, going back to school. So my gaming, my gaming news and knowledge is pretty pretty slim on the last couple of weeks. Yep, yep, same here. Um, not so much with the COVID side, but the getting back to school bit. Um, but I think this week, this week I have mostly been fixated on Kill Team. So. 
Uh, I finally put the models together. Ah, okay. And I and our viewers at home can see this, but our podcasters can't. But you probably saw a picture on Facebook if you follow us. I have, I have put all of the things into a spiral bound uh, binders now. Wow, all binded spiral up. Spiral bound. Yes, this is basically the only reason we get these things. So we can cut the books up and put them in spiral bound. We we'll never play them. But, um, yes, that's one of the no. most exciting things about playing games, isn't it? You can spiral bind things. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, and they're never touching them ever again. They just go on the shelf behind me, and much like you can see beyond the shelf behind me, there's things like uh, you probably can't quite see it's just out of shot, but there's a Marvel Crisis Protocol, and there's um, yeah, Blitz Bowl, and Aeronauts Imperialis, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I uh, I painted things. the some of the territory, some of the t- territory uh, terrain, some of the terrain. Um, for, for, for I haven't got back to it yet, I haven't done one piece, I want to get back to it and, and do some more. But uh, I've been painting up the Gore Chosen for our game this week, Ooh. which GW have sent us. I can't say yeah. any more about them at the moment, but um, it, it's in the mess, and we're looking forward to playing those. So we'll play those on Thursday night, but you won't be able to see it until Saturday morning. Um, yep. And then next week, we're going to play, because we've also got the new Rivals deck, we're going to play that live. I think on Are you even meant to mention that yet? Are we allowed to mention the new Rivals deck? Well, they, they've, they announced it, they've announced it. So I don't know. I can't remember these days. <laughs> I, well, I saw I saw something that said they'd announced it. So because I hadn't seen very much about it, oh. yeah, they had announced it. So so um, yeah. So we're playing the rival with the rivals deck. Um, I, hope, I hope I haven't screwed anything up there, but I, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, yeah. So so that's that's what we've got coming up. Um, we've also yep. got this War of the Ring card game we're playing live this Thursday, the day after tomorrow. Uh, today's Tuesday for those listening in podcast world we, uh, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday it's not quite as good as the film but <laughs> the film no the video of the last no probably not but it, it's, it's a fun game looking forward to it I haven't played it two player yet so it'll be interesting playing that live for the first time um, I've played it four player with my kids my kids really like it we're talking about this more than I've true my kids really like it and actually it's really got them into the Lord of the Rings and then we followed that up with uh, the Rings of Power so we, we're actually yeah. my my son said to me today, in fact, he said it twice today, oh, I love The Lord of the Rings. Oh, I've been waiting so Could you long. Just, you just wipe so a tear long. from your eye. And when we it's say like... that there are, we, yeah, we say we don't have favourites, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I never said I had a favourite. Then my eldest played, um, uh, oh God, that game I've got to bring back to you, the German one. Undaunted. Um, Undaunted, yeah, we played Undaunted. some games of that, so. Oh, yeah, did yeah, you enjoy he's, it? He's, uh, yeah, yeah, and he quite enjoys it too. So okay. very it, hard to tell with with. Go on. I was just going to say it's very hard to tell with young teenagers because you're like, are they enjoying it? Are they just doing it because, you know, they think it's something I want them to be doing? And I don't know, but he seemed to. Yeah. So hopefully he did. Is, is he getting? We're the, probably going to uh, buy it. Stalingrad one for Christmas now. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't asked for it. But he's getting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he'd quite like that actually, and especially the Battle for Britain, Britain one as well. Definitely looking yeah, forward that's, to both that's of those. Sadly, yeah, that'll have to be his birthday because that's not out until the spring next year. But um, yeah, yeah. The um, I'm assuming he hasn't got a birthday in October. But anyway, that's besides the point. That's by the way. I'll tell you who has got no. a birthday in October, and that is us. We will be Ooh, X yes. years old. We will be X years old soon. We'll have to do a little X years old video. I'm saying X because I can't remember. I think, <laughs> not I think we'll be seven, won't we? I, th- I think it's we, either six or get? seven. It's six or seven, I can't remember. That's what happens. You get old. You can't remember how old you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and YouTube channel years are like 
dog years, so there's like seven. So you know, we're, we're well into middle age now, I think. Wow, that's actually that is actually how old I am. It's seven. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. That's exciting. Um, um, we've got some comments in the chat already. Morph says he uh, he didn't see me and Andy's chat. I didn't post anything. Morph, I was just I was just listening a little bit in the background just to see what what his what his theory was and what was going to break things. And I'll, I'll mention it a bit later on when we come on to that bit. But I didn't have time to to actually comment at all. Um, he also asks, did we get a chance to play any Blitz Bowl when we played? Like we mentioned the other week, we haven't yet, only because we've had a slew of other things come along. But it's, I'd say it's definitely on our list of games to play live in the near future um, after Bladeborne and Fireteam. I think that's going to be one of the next logical, sort of quick-to-play sort of GW games. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Stone Northam says he's just... The stream was, sorry, the stream was quite popular, wasn't it? So I think we will play more yeah. of those small-box GW games. So we, I, think, I think the next time we get a window will probably be Blitzball because we've done... Yeah. Um, the other two <laughs> yeah Stone and popped in he says has he missed anything about new kill team yet no we haven't talked about that yet or have we had a chance to play it and if so what do we think we haven't had a chance to play it unfortunately um, I suspect the first time we come to play it will be when we play it live <laughs> yeah I'd probably but yeah and it'll probably be week after next at the earliest um, and even then it won't be with the new the new, new guys because they won't be painted so we're, we're very yeah. slow if GW want a fast turnaround on our uh, we own it. stuff, then, 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 then we're the wrong people to come to. <laughs> I think if we played it live like we were going to, like we were going to play a really basic game, like just a leader, and mm. the rest are just grunts with maybe a special weapons go or something. Yeah. I reckon we could possibly play that with them just painted black. Maybe. And I don't think that maybe. would lose too much in the grand scheme might, of things. Might offend, might offend me deeply, but we could maybe do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. Moore says yeah, he's well, picked up on Daunted Normandy. He's pretty keen to play that. Uh, you, there's a solo game, I think, which War Machine was playing uh, the other day. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think you have to buy the reserves pack or uh, reinforcements or something it's called. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I think. But I, I haven't tried it because I know that I, much as I like the idea of solo games, the reality is that I won't, I won't get them to... Um, You'll never actually get a chance to, to play them. No. Yeah. No, I, th- well, I thought I might get a bit more time. I know the children have gone back to school, but it turns out that that was bollocks too. <laughs> Solo version is good. Turns out Solo it's version. all bollocks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. War Machine says, uh, we're big game celebs now with everyone giving us their games to review. Well, it's funny because even when we had like no subscribers, we, we I mean, we started out by getting... Like the the new AOS game, uh, you know, the first version of that, didn't we? And then we got, um, Bli- uh, not Blitz Bowl, we got Blood Bowl when that came out. So it's it's been quite funny. It's how a bit we've random some... when you get on a list. It's a bit it's a bit random. We have we've been reaching out to other companies, which is quite nice. Uh, but I've been trying to do, I, I've um, haven't stopped writing for Geek Dad, but I've stopped reviewing games for Geek Dad because they have a very specific policy for reviewing games, and it involves writing an awful lot. And I and I end up playing the games having thoughts on the games and then never finding the time to actually write them up properly and so then I end up letting the company down so what I've said now is basically we'll do it on agents and then then I know that Pete and I will definitely record something and then that the video is as good as picture page a thousand words and all that so it's as good as me writing 13,000 words about a game um, which I've done before <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a long time I mean I love doing it but I just don't seem to have the time now so um, so, so we'll be doing so we'll be well, probably might mean we have a bit less reach because Geek Dead obviously has got much bigger viewership than we have uh, but 
people are still interested. And we are, as I said, we've got the War of the Ring from Aries Games, the card game, which I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to showing off because I think it's really great. And, you get to watch uh, us mangle that on Thursday. Um, yeah, that's a really, I'm really pleased and happy that they agreed to send us that. Um, so that was really nice. I do think that almost every game, and I know GW are never going to do this, but I think every game out there should come up with like a set of solo rules, like a basic AI. Like Black Fortress was a great example of that, and I think um, Curse City as well, because you can play those solo. You just control all the heroes. Um, so, unsurprisingly, which, solo game modes have become much bigger in the last two or three years. Yeah. Um, so that I, when I, when you look at the review, I've actually, I've got, I've got Tabletop Gaming Magazine next to me here. Uh, when you look at the reviews of, of new games, um, most of them, not most of them, but a, a higher percentage of them are for one to four players now. Um, yeah. Because you know, I think because people had to think about that when they were, when they were designing them. Everyone's turned into massive loners who don't go out anymore. So can't well, afford exactly. to go out anymore. So I, I barely go out. Well, you can't go. Can't afford to go out. Can't afford to stay in. <laughs> what can you yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. So I think I don't know if we've actually got very much. I, I mean, both of us have been like you say, it's been a bit busy with with school and stuff at the minute. So I don't think yeah. we've got very much in the way of community shoutouts or anything like that at the minute. No, I mean we've we've got um, we what have we released? If you haven't seen it, we did uh, the into the into the dark unboxing for the Kilton. Um, yeah, War Machine mentioned that we haven't played that yet, but we've got the unboxing if you want to have a look at that. And we did our get on board um, uh, live stream, which wasn't massively watched, but it's a really great little family game. Um, if you want to look that, look at that. I did notice I hadn't realised. I kind of knew it was designed by some Japanese people. Um, we got a random Japanese retweet in the middle of the week. I don't know if you saw that, Pete. I did uh, see that. The, it was from the original designers of the sort of original version. Oh, of the game, was it? Oh, brilliant. That was quite nice. That was quite nice. Yeah. I was looking at thinking, how do I translate this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't try to translate it, but that, that was yeah. quite nice. And I'm hoping that with through through that uh, contact with Cold Spring Games, we can do more other stuff, um, board games and things. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure the hundred views it got might, might, may not make them think we're worth it but hopefully they do hopefully they do because the content was, was obviously first class and excellent <laughs> yeah I mean once, once you got um, you know once you got um, close up cam in there and stuff I think it was it was it was absolutely perfect yeah it was a very good example of how not to play the game as well I mean, my, my, my performance was shambolic much as my wife <laughs> often says um, <laughs> so uh, yeah we haven't got I mean, much it's nice to win share. a game for once <laughs> solo um, the, the um, <laughs> community shout out it's us this week we can shout yeah. ourselves yeah because we're yeah, awesome. brilliant uh, like and subscribe <laughs> and all that jazz uh, no, uh, we are now two weeks away I think the 24th of September so yeah. just over two weeks not away long. we've got agents con now we've had people not know what day it is or people turn up already a month in advance <laughs> Bless you, Rosa. Um, so please, 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 please don't come on any other day other than the 24th of September, uh, which yep. is Saturday. It's in Market Harborough. You can get some tickets through Will & Games if you'd like to come. We'd love to see you, meet you, play some Underworlds, play some board games, play whatever. Eat curry afterwards. Um, that's not included in the ticket. Um, and um, just um, have fun, really. Um, so another little community shout-out for Underworld people who do still follow us for our very... Uh, 
few and far between underwise content. The um, the guy who now takes after, looks after the set the tempo blog. Um, I think it's Compaq. I think well, that's obviously not his real name. Um, uh, is it Graham? I think he is now running a he is running a tournament. He's organised a tournament for Underworld, and unfortunately I've forgotten the date. I just saw it today and I didn't write it down. Um, but he's running a, and that's that's up in Peterborough, Cambridgeshire, that way, somewhere. Um, so yeah, so he's running a general championship tournament. So I imagine that'd be pretty good, and attracts probably because he's one of the better, you know, he's one of the top players. I imagine that'll attract a, a good, a good quality of player if you are into Underworld and want to play a championship tournament. Check that out. It's on the Facebook pages, and I'm sure it's in the in the uh, Underworld Discord as well. Um, so that's a little little last minute community shout out. I do actually um, have another community shout out, which we oh. might have you done before. But given we're talking about Underworlds again, I'm just going to put a reminder out there for Underworlds DB because you know he d- he just keeps crashing away with it. It's still there. It has everything on it you want. I've been using it a lot recently with doing my no fuss all action. Um, cuts of the game I'm sticking the, the overlays and stuff back in so I've been using that for the cards and things again and it's kind of like one of those things it's a bit like Wikipedia that everyone just assumes it's always there and you know if it goes down or it's gone everyone's going to suddenly be like oh my god what do I do so I just wanted to put another shout out for them because it's definitely one of the best Underworld re- resources around I feel apart from us <laughs> obviously yes yeah, it is really good. I do like it. I mean, I must confess, I mean, it has got the Rivals decks on there and stuff, but I obviously use it a lot less now. You know, we don't play Championship, but it was the it was the way the way to play for me, to get get through decks and things. Uh, I noticed Morph has mentioned uh, various LCGs, Living Card Games. Um, the, have you, the, the the Lord of the Rings LCG is, is fun, Morph, if you like the Lord of the Rings. Obviously, if you don't, it's probably not very much fun. But it's really hard. Um, but I enjoy. I have actually got the Arkham Horror Box, but and I enjoy the Lord of the Rings more in the end. The Arkham Horror Box I couldn't really get into, um, but and I know War Machine likes a bit of Lord of the Rings. I'm hoping to do some Lord of the Rings. This is what I'm hoping to free up some time to play some more Lord of the Rings. Um, but um, well, I'm just a bit, a bit slow really. Morph <laughs> <laughs> uh, says he won't make Age Squad. Yeah, I think you're you're excused, Morph. Uh, don't yeah, don't need, to bump, we'll... don't need to bump off any rich relatives. <laughs> yeah, I've just posted the link in Facebook um, at, for, for the Facebook link and the Will and Games link, so hopefully people can get that. Um, yeah. And anybody listening on the podcast, you can literally just go to Facebook or, or just go to Google and type Facebook AgentsCon22 and it'll be the first thing that comes up. Oh. And you can go to Will and Games and type in AgentsCon and it'll come up in there if you want to buy a ticket. Sterling is the wrong side of the pond, sadly. Um, but he yeah. to come over. Um, but uh, sadly couldn't come over well if you ever do come over Sterling then do try and drop in and say hello um, that'd yep. be cool uh, all Tim says the the, the uh, thing I mentioned I said it was Peter Cambridge or Shaway it's in Cambridge he, he sort of implied that I was terrible but I think I, I think I was reasonably close Cambridgeshire Cambridge is in Cambridgeshire um, no I think he Cambridge. was he was asking about because he asked uh, to post it below and I was like what well, I was asking ah, what did okay, he need okay. and he was oh, saying I see, the Cambridge I see, thing I see I see okay okay yeah I haven't got the so, link yeah. handy um, I post them all in there, so they're all in there. But oh, you've done it as well. All in the chat. Oh, brilliant! All okay, in the chat. okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, Lord of the Rings LCG is decent. Yeah, I, I mean it is a really good game. The Lord of the Rings LCG is just it's quite time-consuming and bloody hard. If you want to win all the time, <laughs> if you want to win all the time, don't play it. But um, it, yeah, it's, it is it is really good. But I think it's one of those ones. I think we're 
well, I haven't got a massive experience of either. Marvel Champions, you could sort of pick it up and you'll probably win. With, you won't need to do much tinkering, but I feel like the Lord of the Rings one is much more upfront puzzle in the sense that you have to, the only way to win is to build a deck to win. If that makes much tinker sense. is needed, if that makes any sense, so you have to kind of reiterate unless you're, you know, unless you're really good or you've got, you know, particularly once you've worked out a deck. I, mean, no. I don't know. I've never got to that stage, but I think also, depending on what you're playing, you, you can't just have one deck that obliterates everything because there's different challenges. Um, you know that, that, that you know, require you to bring in new cards and, and think a little bit differently about it. So um, there we go. Yeah. Morph says he loves the Lord of the Rings films. The books are good, but a bit long. <laughs> and the Hobbit movies blow. I think yeah. I agree on all three of those statements. I mean, I, I quite... Only... I didn't... Go on. I was going to say, I've watched all the Hobbit films. I didn't mind them. I did find them all were stringing stuff out way too long. Because obviously it's three films based on one book. And not a particularly long book at that. So I did feel like they were a bit overdone. It could have been at most two films... Really yeah, I have only film. seen the first film and it just made me so sad I've not watched, <laughs> I've not watched the other two um, yeah I just couldn't bring myself to do it <laughs> and, the, and of course there is The Rings of Power which I, I watched I wasn't particularly interested in but I've watched and they were okay too I mean I definitely get a feel when you're watching those that you're watching movie grade stuff it's definitely absolute top quality sort of effects and visuals and attention to detail and all that kind of stuff um, but I mean it should yeah. for the amount of money they've spent on it yeah my family are enjoying it which is nice so I, I said well this Friday I'm definitely this is what we're watching on telly <laughs> and um, they, <laughs> and they all sat and watched the second episode the next day um, so they're enjoying it which is good and I have my reservations but I'm also you know I take, I've, I've tried to avoid any of the pre-publicity and I don't watch too many of the trailers. I came with as few preconceptions as possible, and it doesn't stink by any stretch of the imagination. I, you know, there's some things I'm a bit unsure about, um, yeah. and I, you know, some things that things that I really quite like about it. What is interesting yeah, I, is I've heard sort of snippets of things that the, that they didn't have, they don't have the rights for. So, you know, effectively, they only have the rights for everything that's in the Lord of the Rings and the appendices of the Lord of the Rings, and they don't actually have any rights to anything in the Silmarillion. Even though, okay. So, so somebody was telling me that my brother-in-law, he was telling me that basically you don't hear Gladriel only refers to him as a brother. She doesn't say Finrod because they're not allowed to use Finrod because he's not in the Lord of the Rings. Ah, <laughs> and it just weird. seems crazy to me. I'm getting, maybe they're hoping that they can sell the film right, you know, for a film with the Silmarillion, and that's why it just seems crazy to me why you would say, yes, please use our material for this series but don't, you can't have access to the things that make the series make more sense but you can't have his name you know. yeah, well, do you, know what you I mean? can have him first, like, you can't have his name if you want it to be good surely you should give access but I mean I don't know anything about rights and things so, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it does sound a bit nonsense there may be reasons um, I um, I, I did find myself watching it and kind of thinking at several points that Lenny Henry was going to break into one of his um, Jamaican accent over the top impression type things because his accent is so borderline I'm just expecting him any I'm not even going to pretend to try to attempt it but yeah just it, just seeing him talk like that just at any moment right. I feel like he's going to break into Morse that says, kind of says Finrod in the subtitles that's quite funny ah <laughs> uh, that's how they got around it they can they can yeah. type <laughs> I'm just imagining a scene now where Gladriel just sort of comes out and just holds up a, a placard with his name on 
this is a Silmaril. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh, over here. I, 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 one of the, the, I don't know whether I would rather they did it differently or not, but the kind of regional accents of the, well, the not hobbits and the dwarves, like the dwarves speak, you know, have Scottish accents and the, and the, and the half that have Irish accents, it sort of irritates me a little bit. Um, it's very stereotypical. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, I don't know, that frustrates me. But I love that Lenny Henry is in it. I, mean, yeah, I, I, I love because he, he is from the West Midlands. He must have grown up not that far away from where Tolkien grew up. Yeah. But I think it's really nice as a sort of continuity thing and then also a kind of, you know, people complain that Tolkien isn't very uh, diverse. But I think that sort of misses the point. The fact that I, I do like the fact that... Sorry, go on. No, 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 go on, you carry on. I was just going to say, I do like the fact that, that they have decided they aren't going to do the things that Tolkien wrote about. They are going to have varying, you know, colours of people. They can't really say ethnicities because they're all like half-foots or whatever yeah, they're yeah, called, yeah. or dwarves. But yeah. I do like the fact that there are people of all different shades in the show. It's not just a bit like Lord of the Rings ones where it was just like a bit whitewash. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like Tolkien, obviously he wrote his books in the 30s, 40s, 50s. And yeah. they were a reflection of the time, and this yeah. now, it poss- potentially, possibly, is how it would be written now. If you talk to me, this I think so. A, this is a reflection of our times. It's, it's, it, you know, it's different times, so I think yeah. I think I think that is great. I don't, don't, you know, I mean, the only yeah. thing I don't like is that Durin's wife doesn't have a beard. <laughs> but do yeah, I I can't remember the, the, the female dwarves having beards thing. I don't remember if that's a Tolkien thing or a. Or a I think it. Warhammer I think I, I just can't remember now. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I know that there's the bit in the film where, um, what's his face goes on about it and how you know people say there are no such things as dwarf women, uh, but it's because they look very much like dwarf men. And there is a bit in there about how there's only like one third of the race is female to male or whatever it is, yeah. and and the women don't tend to go out very much and all that kind of stuff. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there is something there. Doing the cooking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He was a writer Um, of his time. (laughs) Definitely a bit of that. So I love the fact that that they've got people of all different colours in there now. Um, I just wish that they'd given the women... They didn't have to be ridiculously big, like, fluffy beards like the rest of the dwarves, but it would have been nice Mm. to see, like, a a, a feminised version or, you know, just a more... Maybe a more cultivated beard on the women. Maybe with more sort of, like... I saw some pictures of um, I can't remember what I saw on a website but I saw some pictures of the female dwarves and they had lots more embellishments in their beards and they were more neat and tidy and more stylish and I kind of liked the idea that the female dwarves would spend a lot more time making their beards look a bit more presentable whereas the male dwarves are just lazy and can't be bothered to shave yeah yeah. I'm not sure that, that I should go down this avenue alive without thinking about it but I will <laughs> I saw some comments, some random comments about people moaning about it being also, um, you know, inclusive sort of LGBT and the rest of the spectrum, um, uh, you know, alphabet. Um, but I, I kind of, I don't notice anything in that. So either it was very subtle, I didn't notice it, or the people moaning about it haven't actually watched it because I don't think there's any, you know, I think they, they, yeah. they haven't got any. We haven't, there haven't really been any relationships, really, at all of, of any sort. Nothing uh, that really stands out, at least, where you'd no. go, "Oh, that's that's that child's mother's or whatever it is." I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, 
I think I've only saw. I mean, I could. I mean, the mother of the there's not there's only one child in it really. I suppose you've got the half that's haven't you? But there, there, there's no there's no obvious familial relationships of any any type. Which I just there's the was, mother. It just proves that there's most the mother of and the son. Yeah, but we don't know whether the other parent was male or female. No, no, or, you don't. Know. It's just so the mother. And, and so it, it was it just, it just it kind of just hammered home really that people who know about this stuff don't actually watch it. <laughs> so without um, wanting to go too far down that path, swinging back around to the start of it, where you talked about the the accents and stuff like that, I started to watch the second episode with my youngest. And he basically sat and went, why do all the dwarves have Scottish accents? Like, <laughs> because they just do. Dimly did. I think they were basically because yeah. Dimly did. I think it was basically the reason. <laughs> I think it's because anyway. at some point in the 80s, people decided dwarves were Scottish. And <laughs> then it just sort of stuck. And that was it. Yeah. And that's kind of... Because <laughs> he did correctly um, sort of point out, you know, uh, all, all humans don't have the same accent. No. So why do all dwarves have the same accent? Like, well, uh, that's yeah, a very no, good point thinking, that you should write a letter. I was thinking about that too. And I was thinking, but I suppose they people who live in the same region do have the same accent, generally. Yeah, but the so, dwarves come from different mines and stuff like that, and they all still uh, have but, the same yeah. accent. Yeah, but but do they? I think so. I don't know. Well, I mean, but the ones we've anyway. seen so far, we don't know where they come from. But anyway, I, I was thinking about it, yeah. trying to work out whether it annoyed me or not, and I thought I, I thought on balance it did, and they and I wouldn't have noticed if everybody just had their own accent or you know, not necessarily yeah. the accent of the actor but you know, a variety of accents I wouldn't have noticed whereas everybody like you say everybody speaking uniformly Scottish or Irish yeah. you know, with a lilt whatever um, it is. is is very is very noticeable yeah it's definitely much more hmm, could they not have done something differently a little bit here but yeah, yeah what can you do a couple of, couple of the characters the, the, the half-foots just remind me of the Derry Girls so I'm just waiting for them to, one of them to say something absolutely filthy. <laughs> we wait for um, Mrs. Brown's boys to turn up. Oh, don't even, don't even. No, don't worry, let's not go there. <laughs> oh, um, so going back to games that we normally talk about. Uh, yes, yes, we've gone off topic a little bit. Yeah, there isn't much. I haven't got much news. GW other than Into the Dark, which obviously we've covered separately elsewhere. Um, they, 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 I did quite like the new Escher model they, they revealed. Is that this week? I think they revealed the new Escher model. It's pretty smart. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, Bruce says, "What sort of accents do the Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bruce asked, "What sort of accents do the Hobbits have? Sort of Irish, yeah. sort yeah. of." So. Yeah. Although Bruce, uh, not Bruce, Lenny Henry's very wildly. Fears between Irish and almost Jamaican. <laughs> I'm convinced, I'm convinced he's going to do it at some point. But... <laughs> uh, that's how they should have spoken. Oh dear. I actually, Sorry. I, yes, know, I talk... may have said this on a live stream before. I actually was in a production of The Hobbit at Sarehole Mill, which is the, where Tolkien grew up in Sarehole, and that's where the, that's supposed to be Ted Sandman. So that, that that was pretty cool thing to do back in the day. Back in the day. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Morph says he so, was sad that Dairy Girls ended. Yes, Morph, it was absolutely brilliant. I love that. <laughs> so anyway, back to releases. Let's yeah, so there's not much. Vaguely back on I, I've got Rings of Power starting on Amazon on the agenda. I think we've probably covered that. Um, yeah. I haven't. I haven't noticed much else. Um, and then so that would actually take us up to Pete. It would take us up to our Marlow moment. It would. I was just going to say that GW did have Nova Open, where they announced a bunch of stuff the other week. 
Didn't we talk about and, that already? Uh, I, I think we talked about we that already. Did. May, oh, okay, that's my bad then. I, I, I thought we covered that last time. I've obviously been I less busy. I think all, so, but. anyway. But, I right. mean, there wasn't okay. masses on there that was interesting, at least to me. I mean, probably a lot of our watchers out there would be much more interested in it. But there was, the, there was like, the Leagues of Votan was, was showing off again. The Gorchos of Drom, which we, we know are yeah. coming now. Gone, the gone, Blood gone. Pelt Hunter, which was stupid model, I think, with... You know, he's got a crossbow and he's stuck a load of rope over his eyes. How's he going to see? Um, there was magic, the, the jo- magic. There was King magic. Brod, a giant character model because, of course, loads of people need that. Um, some slaves to darkness cool stuff, model, which kind of it's not a bad model, but it's like how many people are actually going to buy that? It feels a bit specific for my liking, but yeah. Uh, the new Horus model, like. which is you know, Horus Ascended, which is quite cool. Yeah, for those people who've got massive for, for, uh, Horus Heresy armies, because he's about a trillion points. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was the cool finally model. the. Sorry? I don't know how much it's going to It's a pretty cool model. I don't know how much it's going to be. I mean, I always just look at those models and just think if I bought that, I'd probably screw up the painting, and then that's 90 to 100 pounds or more I, down the drain. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably screw up sticking it together because it's going to be. Um, thingy again isn't it it's, it's, it's forge yeah. world yeah. so resin I yeah. painted my brother-in-law for Christmas present I painted him you uh, painted your brother-in-law <laughs> yeah I painted him yeah uh, body paint um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was now it was an imperial fist it was the emperor's champion yeah um, I remember and um, but I made him put it together I said I'll paint yeah. it but I'm not I'm not assembling it <laughs> And then the other thing was the corn berserkers that they released the new corn berserkers because the old ones are about twenty years old or something and and they do look nice they, they do, do look nice. they do make me kind of almost want to buy them but I have resisted because I know I'll just never paint them even if I do assemble them. The Horace Heresy, what's that? I feel like I, I knew a famous Horace. I could come up with a heresy for him, but I'm I'm, I'm struggling. Hungry Horace. <laughs> Is there a hungry, hungry Horace? I can't remember. Hungry, hungry Horace. One to one brother in law models are a nightmare to paint, says Bruce. They keep yep. moving. They keep moving. That's, what, that's the main problem with it. I feel them. like an airbrush would, would really get the undercoat <laughs> on there properly. Uh, War Machine says he needs a King Bond in his life. I mean, it's a nice model, but it's not the kind of thing. Like, even with the Underworlds Warband, you could, you could buy an Underworlds Warband. You could even use it in RPG games a lot of the time. You could use it as monsters or NPCs, depending on which ones you bought. But who needs a character giant model if you're not specifically buying like a giant army? A giant army. Yeah. 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 And I know what you mean, I know what you mean, but I kind of feel like that about nearly every single character model in the in the Age of Sigmar game, I mean really. Yeah, I guess that is true with like Alarial or uh, Alarial or whatever it however you pronounce all the giant yeah. war beetle thing. Some of them you can at least say, Well I've bought this model. The, the Lumineth, yeah, the Chaos Demon. I mean, I guess you might have a Chaos Demon, but you know, even the Chaos Demon, or what's his name? The, what's the new Chaos Demon? Well, not, he's not new anymore, but the the kind of beast one. I can't remember what he's called. The 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 kind of the gone one, or no, he wasn't. Oh, called. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. The big the big sort of centaur yeah. type beast thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, some of, them, some of them. Some of them. Yeah, some of them you can use them either as like the special characters. Like I remember back when the the Orc Brutes first came out, and there was the one on the Wyvern, 
and you could assemble it one of two different ways. It could either be a special character or it could be just a regular orc war boss and a wyvern. But you could just make it as the regular orc war boss and say it's a special character if you wanted. So you had some reusability there because you might want a boss and a wyvern, but you might not want to have a special character. But yeah, a lot of them now it's just like you're not going to use this for anything. Like the Nagash model, I love that model, but you know you're only going to use it as Nagash. It's not going to be anything else. No. Him, him more so than the others because I guess I guess like the new giant model you could just use it as a giant if you, you so. yeah I guess you could with King Broad at least yeah 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 I guess the Ariel model on the beta that's not gonna, that's not going to be too many that can't be too many other no. things no Lord no. Croak that's another fantastic model Lord Croak is a lovely model but again I mean yeah. you could use him as a slam but it's a bit over the top as a regular slam a regular slam a slam Slan just you regular just, Slan really. <laughs> Slan are just so. I mean, they're so old now. I mean, you know, they they've been around since Warhammer has, um, and they just seem so outdated. Yet they've kind of, you know, they're clinging on by their little sucky hands. Which is great. I'm not. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I feel like they're ones that, that GW could have really leaned into more and made their own given their own look to a bit like with Skaven yeah. and they seem to have kind of given up with Skaven as well it's like when did they last have a big release of stuff but they're well, one of yeah. GW's like biggest iconic races I think that isn't just yeah. oh that's just you know French knights or that's just you know German foot soldiers or whatever it is you say you know. just French knights you don't mean that do you you mean that is the best and most cool army there's ever been and never will be something like that's, that that's what you mean but you that? could t- you could take the Bretonian knights and you could put them into uh, what was that one you bought the other week that book the uh, lion rampant yeah so you could you, put them into that you could you absolutely could and that makes them even better I know it doesn't make them even better from GW probably but it makes them and I've got like an don't entire go anywhere. A load of, oh, back. got okay, a sorry. box full of of Bretonian knights in there oh oh have you because um, Ed was trying to get hold of some, so we should we should when oh, we go to agents agents com, I should, should take them to agents com. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, he was looking at someone on Facebook and uh, not Facebook, eBay, and uh, they went for silly money. So maybe we should just say no. Um, we should um, yeah, if, if you've got some, then they would certainly like one or, yeah. one or two. I should I should take yeah, some. That's, by that's like a conversation that didn't need to be had on the live chat. Uh, but either for why you should join us on Patreon because we might just send you free models. It's true. So, free so, stuff. Uh, Going to bring a load yeah. of the Underworlds warbands along to Agents Con, so that yeah. if there's stuff, if there's warbands people haven't got in there, they'll, they'll be, they can, they're welcome to them. And also, I'll be bringing my binder, well, our binder machine, so that if anybody's got any rule books they want to bind whilst they're sitting around after a game, it'll be there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Morph was talking about some somebody I have heard of. Um, though I did say to Pete I thought he played for Aston Villa um, but I think that was Tony Morley actually Pete uh, but he was talking about spouting some great reset conspiracy horseshit so yes we're, we definitely avoid conspiracy theories on this stream so there may only be 15 what's of you the, watching not, what's not the, the great re- the I feel great like reset. I might regret I looking into it but I might yeah, have to look into that <laughs> Russell Brand Russell, I, I, I came across it because somebody was talking about Russell Brand um, and he's been talking about it, and on, on, he was showing basically why do we think Russell Brand's into this and on his YouTube channel. A bit like us, only on, on a factor of ten, he got like a couple of hundred thousand videos on, views on most of his videos, and the ones he did about the, the Great Reset, he had a couple of million. So it's some. I haven't really looked much into that, but it's some 
it's some uh, conspiracy type thing. I think it was originally um, espoused by an economist. I think it has roots in some sort of genuine, I think, genuine, not science, but um, economic thought. But I think now it's taken on a life of its own. I don't know much, too much about it, so we probably shouldn't talk about it on here at all because... Um, it's gone. It's gone like the same way as the. There's no such thing as birds. They're all robots now. Well, that yeah, one. I think. I think so. I, I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about it. Uh, but there is. A, I'll look it up after this, just to see how much it hurts my put, brain. People look it up after this, and then we'll never do a podcast again because it'll be sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> sucked in by. I do enjoy laughing. I do enjoy laughing at all the different conspiracy theories like the there's no such thing as real birds there's obviously the classics like chemtrails and the Illuminati yeah. and the more crazy ones recently going on and stuff so yeah it's always funny to read up on the new the new <laughs> the latest ones conspiracy craziness we, yeah. we, have, we have drifted Pete and we are running out we have. we've got two minutes to do the Marlowe moment how can you fire us okay. up the Marlowe moment one second here comes the Marlowe moment There we go, Marlow moments. Okay. What's I the Marlow moment talk, this so week? Just, just Pete looking no, no. side to side. Um, <laughs> so the Marlow moment this week is: if you were stuck on a desert island and could take only one game with you, what would you take and why? Now I think it may depend a little bit on who you're stuck with, like if you're on your own or whether you're you've got one person or five people or your kids. But what would you take, Pete? Well, that's a quite a difficult one, actually. Because um, it does depend it a little bit on on who you're with. Uh, obviously, mm. if I was stuck on an island with you, then we'd just take all the underworld stuff. No, we wouldn't actually. Um, yeah. That's a tricky one. It is tricky. It's a tricky I one. do also. It depends on the weather. I mean, if it's raining all the yeah, time or, or windy, windy. There's no point in taking lots of tokens. I would take Seven Wonders at the moment. The not not the architects one that you've bought, but the full game. No, Assuming yeah. I had a group, there were a group of us. Because it's really easy to play, uh, and each but each game is different, and you can't really get good at it. So, so um, it's it. I, I think that's what I would take. Um, there you go. Um, I think I would possibly take. I think I'd probably take either a game if I could take it with the expand with all the extra bits. I didn't. I'd either take something like. Um, fire team with the other teams in it so right. you could play something yeah. like that um, or maybe it would be something a bit more like um, a bit like Battle Masters really something that was a bit more sort of all in one lots of different yeah. ways to play it kind of thing I don't know yeah. maybe something I, like I that. would also take a life size version of Captain Sonar so like, <laughs> use the submarine, the submarine to get off the island <laughs> <laughs> well I would take battleships um Sorry, battleships. <laughs> Sail off on the frigate. <laughs> well, I would take a life-size version of um. Oh, I can't remember her name now. I was just going to say some female actress's name, but I couldn't remember the one. <laughs> so, but anyway, someone attractive and female. <laughs> Your wife. Yes, definitely that That's one. That's what you were going to say. Can um, she ever watches or listens back? Oh God, she's behind me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely my wife. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, that takes us neatly, well, it doesn't really, but it takes us on to um, the main focus topic of the evening, uh, which is stuff. 
And there's an article in uh, this month's issue of Tabletop Gaming Magazine, uh, which podcast viewers can't see. But um, I really got into this magazine because I've been more into board games in the last few months. I've got really into this magazine um, now, and I read it avidly and check out all the reviews and then reading. Spending a fortune. Uh, reading will never on, catch on. I love it. I love reading, <laughs> um, and you're wrong for not. Um, and um, anyway, um, th- this article is an article by a guy called Ben Maddox, and I tried to find him on Twitter so I could tell him that we were talking about it tonight. And I did find a board gaming guy who was called Ben Maddox, but I couldn't quite work out it was the same guy, and I was too shy to include the wrong guy in the, in the, in the tweet, so I didn't in the end. Um, she's just gone for it. I mean, what are the chances? What are the chances? I, I know, I know. I, I kind of, I, it just, he just looked a bit, you know, um, high level. Dodgy. So, uh, <laughs> dodgy. No, not dodgy. You could have anyway, just so really missed the opportunity for him to retweet it to billions of his fans oh, and say, check well, these two that, out he tonight. He didn't have that many fans. He didn't have that many fans. So it's called it's the Carbide Manifesto. They have an article each each month. Um, but this month um, is called No More Components, Please. And I just thought you might. I'll read out the first paragraph because it just it stuck a chord with me and I looked at my house and the way of stuff it's underneath. Um, you look behind you. It, you were <laughs> behind me or the, the Lego. It's a dangerous proclivity. It's a proclivity bordering on a habit. It's a habit bordering on a dependency. It's a dependency bordering on a catastrophic addiction. An addiction that will consume us all in fire. An addiction that will drown us in the sea. Stuff. That is that is the, the opening paragraph of this article. Now, my wife has a thing. Whenever anything new arrives in the house, ball games and things, she just goes, you have to throw Stuff! Something Stuff! Stuff! Like that. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't even look, you know, don't look what's in it, because that's the problem with reviewing stuff, is you do get said, Stuff! Um, and, uh, and then it goes on to say, Modern-day economics seeks to atomise us. That way, purveyors of useless tack can leverage our despair into fooling us. The way to save our problems is to fill up every available space in our homes with stuff. Not things that carry utilitarian or sentimental value, but stuff. Stuff that will moulder away at the bottom of a drawer. I'm not going to read the whole article out, but that is what we were going to talk about tonight. Because it goes on to talk about um, how the board game industry has become a bit of a stuff generator for the sake of generating stuff. It talks about the CMON, uh, obscene amounts of uh, plastic crap that they put out in their ridiculously expensive this is not his, this is not his words these are mine um, kickstarters and it talks about those people who take pictures of them of you know towers of boxes that are bigger than themselves yeah. and it, it talks about how effectively the board game industry has just become this sort of way of just selling large amounts of crap that we don't need and he, he then goes on to sort of suggest that maybe we need to take a step back with the current situation with uh, the price of everything and just the, you know, the I mean, he, just, he says there about destroying the world and burying us in the sea kind of thing um, you know maybe we should go back to the humble cube um, to, um, to to denote things he talks about the game Tapestry which funnily enough I mean this is a classic example I don't know if you can quite see Tapestry there I've got it there no no one can see it I, I, I bought it oh, you can only can see it because you, you I'm, I can see my little square but I'm cut off aren't I so, uh, yeah, so I've got the tapestry there, which is a stone my game, which I thought looked really great, and um, but I've never played it. So that in itself is bad enough, because I, I haven't played it. But it has loads of plastic models in it, but they're entirely superfluous with game. They're literally just just to denote the thing that they denote. They don't, they don't do anything in the game. 
um, so yeah, that was he actually referred to that in the um, in the article. So that's what we wanted to talk about, really. And it kind of, as you said, Pete, tied into something that Andy um, Tapestry is a great player. I will play it. I will play it. I've actually been working through my game collection with my son this summer. Of course, now the summer's finished and they're back at school. But um, I, I will bring that out um, to play with them. Uh, yeah, we'll have to play it on a Thursday night. Play it live well, one we, night. Yeah, we should do. We should. Do. I think it's quite complex. So we might, I might need to practice first. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think we we should play on a, on, a, on a Thursday or a Monday or Tuesday, whatever nights we need to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that is stuff. And do we have too much? And what can we do about it? Probably not much. And it, as you said earlier, it ties into something that. Um, uh, the, Andy, Andy from Blackjack Legacy talked about last night. Yeah, which his his uh, kind of gloom and doom, I suppose it was. I haven't seen it, so I've only heard a second half from Pete. What Pete said, but basically, is the war game hobby in trouble now because places where people meet, like the, the club venues, um, just won't be able to afford to open because they won't be able to afford the electricity. Yep. I don't know if there was anything else to his thesis, Pete, because uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I think that, that was mostly in a nutshell is that because companies don't have a cap on their their bills, like residential people, you know, mm. a lot of companies, a lot of uh, local friendly game stores, even bigger company stores, um, won't be able to afford to actually stay open because it will just cost so much. You know, they're, they're estimating that, that pubs are going to be looking at having to charge £20 a pint to be able to break even on the, on the energy bills and that kind of thing and um, I think because of that in the in the UK especially but it's something that people are experiencing all over the world more and more you know it's going to cause a lot of companies to go under companies that make these little board games um, all the little additional things that you get for your games that maybe not the big players so much you know GW maybe they'll be able to ride it out a lot more um but a lot of the smaller people will go under. And with that, a lot of game stores that will be selling GW stuff, so that will hit them, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but even just, just running the shop, I know GW, GW, one of the few kind of companies that have their own shops, I mean, running the shops yeah. will be prohibitively difficult. Doing everything will. If, if, yeah. They're alleging their cap prices, but there's no idea, there's no talk about what they're going to do for businesses. Um, capping the prices so um, yeah I think it's it, it is a worry um, but I do think we we as gamers have got into a trap of just thinking a game is good because it comes with extra stuff yeah you know what I mean like, I think that's, certainly that's a kickstarter issue or you can get all this extra great looking stuff if you sign up to the full kickstarter or whatever I know a lot of people are listening to like Given up on Kickstarters, and I think that's partly why, because you you end up just buying a mountain of stuff you don't need, and not only that, you end up buying a mountain of stuff that you don't see for a very long time. And by the time it comes, you actually want it even less. Although you've I mean, fallen I, foul of that, I've fallen foul of that. Yeah, yeah, I bought in Deep Madness or whatever it was called, or something like that. It was yeah, like eighteen, yeah. twenty months delayed. When it arrived, there was three massive boxes. I looked at some of the models and thought, they look lovely. And then I put it all under my bed and I never touched it again. I eventually sold it to my mate. I assume right. he's played it. I don't know. I never actually asked him because I immediately forgot about it because it was like I, I had so little connection to it 
because it took so long to arrive I'd stopped caring about it by then and I think one of the reasons why I bought it was oh I can use some of these in my Nurgle army which we'd stopped playing in the interim period whilst I was waiting for it so well that's the, that's the other thing isn't it everything moves so fast and this is a this is the thing I'm really bad at um, I get into something and I get stuff for it stuff literally and then the next thing comes out and I, and I look at that and I want that and I think I was I'd say we should perhaps do a future uh, podcast about this but it's kind of the same thing really and that is the, the I've already got good games on my shelves that I don't play like like Tapestry perhaps um, and you know rather than buying another thing maybe I should go back you know and, and, and play what's already there so like, you know, is, is there already the best game that I'm ever going to play do I already own it rather than chasing always chasing the next yeah. really good thing um, and you see that and then you get this fear of missing out thing so there's a game called Ark Nova which is going mad at the moment which I've never played or even seen uh, I thought oh yeah I, I, I should get that but I've, I've no need to get it I don't know anything about it it's just because I keep hearing people saying it's quite good uh, and it might be it might be brilliant it might be the best game there's ever been but I don't need it because I've already got all these games that I don't need and similarly I think Pete you did sign up for the Warhammer Plus uh, miniature this year and I was thinking yeah. oh when I started start seeing people who got them I was like oh maybe I should get that I don't want it <laughs> I don't <laughs> want it but but seeing people have it and it's kind of got a slight exclusivity to it uh, immediately made me want it and that's another thing that companies do this, they, they trade play on our fear of fear of missing out um, yeah. I mean it's quite funny because I was really keen to get the um, the the the, the Warhammer Plus miniature this year the Assassin last last year I was really keen to get it but actually by the time it had come round I was almost like Ugh. And I, it's come and I've put it on the side and I would like to paint it but I, actually timing wise I know that I probably won't get around to it and that's partly why I didn't bother signing up this year because I thought oh, I'll never there's, get um, it there was the game we played that had the um, the cards with the community cards and the little hex board I can't remember what that was called it had the little standees on it it had a computer game version. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. The Ascension game. Yes. You mean? So, yeah. I remember when we played. I remember when we played that. I said, "Oh, I just need some plastic, little plastic figurines." But really, no, because it would make the storage of it like three times bigger, and we wouldn't paint most of them or really need them anyway. So it doesn't need that whatsoever. But it's just that immediate thing. You just think, "Could you just do some plastic models?" Oh, I just set it off nicely. No, it doesn't need it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the good things about um, uh, Moonstone. You can, in theory, mm. print out the standees and play with it, which is really nice. Uh, I guess they're a small company, so they kind of almost have to do that to try and pull people in. Um, yeah. But could you imagine GW? I mean, you couldn't play full Warhammer, but you, there's no reason why you couldn't play Fireteam with cardboard standees yeah. or Bladeboard with cardboard standees, and the game wouldn't be any worse. No, so you'd miss no. out. You'd miss out on the hobby side of it, even like Blitz Bowl. Your boat, yeah, yeah. But if you're not into that, I mean, the original Blood Bowl, I think was yeah. standees, wasn't it? It was. The, it was standees initially. Um, and you know, Any, anything that's on a board doesn't need plastic components really at all, other than to make it no. look sparkly. No. Um, you know, and it's, it's a shame. It was going to be that game. Morph might remember better who it was designed by the guy who designed Warhammer Quest um, and he used to work for GW doesn't anymore and I've forgotten his name um, but there was that football game that was going to be a Kickstarter that was going to oh, be yeah. a with miniatures version and a without miniatures version and it never 
and then, 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 then the company who were doing the Kickstarter just decided it was going to be miniatures and I guess because yeah. they thought that's, that's where the money was um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, that I think I think companies are going to need to think about that with the current crisis and whether they need to spend so much money and time and effort I mean I, I guess any any production costs are going to go through the roof so if you can minimise those you minimise your um, you minimise your you know, overheads your overheads uh, Bruce and talked about Marvel United that was one where I just decided I was never ever going to get involved with a Simon um, Kickstarter again because I, I like the look of it but it was just too much too many models for too, yeah, too much too stuff more for said he managed to pick up stuff as he went along but I can't be bothered to do that every time I looked which wasn't very often they were just too expensive I gave up in the end Myth and Goal was the game by James Hewitt who I can't remember what his his um, uh, his handle was on Twitter was something Cat Games or something like that Scary Cat Games or something sorry needy. I think Needy I oh think. Needy Cat yeah Needy, needy Cat, cat Games and like yeah, yeah. And James, James designed Blitz Bowl, yeah. That's right, yeah. And yeah. I, it, it's funny because it's a conditioning, I think, that we've all had, uh, whether it was from GW originally, because they were probably one of the original worst offenders of this kind of thing. And I think that article mentions Games Workshop specifically and then goes on to mention that Simon and, you know, Simon are one of the, the, the others that have proliferated, proliferated that as well but everybody's jumping on the bandwagon these days and everybody's doing it but GW like one of the originals that I mean having a model having a the plastic model does look nice but for yeah. many of us I think very rarely do people buy some models and paint some models and then play with those models for months or years I mean you're lucky most of the time if those models even get put together it's insanely brilliant if you actually paint them all and it's almost unheard of to play more than like a couple of games with them as well yeah yeah and i, I mean i think i've mentioned this before i think well, i mentioned it every week I, I feel like that's why underworlds is part of why underworlds has fallen away obviously there are other reasons but i think basically if you've been into it from the beginning you've bought all these models that you've either painted or not painted but you've just got them on the side not doing anything because you, you can't keep you can't play with them all it's not possible at least if you play you know not not for a channel at least if you play warhammer aos you can buy your army and you play that every week you know and you might yeah. get them all painted you might play with them but the problem is we love to have loads of stuff and then you yeah. end up with your great pile of shame and people like gw you know they've got an incentive a very real incentive to keep pushing new stuff so they want to make you buy the latest orc army and then they're going to start dumping the next thing on you before you've even stuck that together mm. and then they're going to dump the next 40k thing on you or the next board game whatever and like you say they they leverage it's not just gw they all do this gw are probably one of the biggest offenders because they are one of the biggest out there but you know they're all doing it they're all competing with each other the more shiny new things that they can release Mm. the more money they're going to make and the more they can suck people in yes although of course if we, well you I mean, you made the point to me in private that um, you love me and you wanted to have my children no um, that uh, <laughs> everyone you, knows um, that that's public <laughs> that you might have predicted that uh, that GW would struggle to make money during yeah. lockdown but actually they made record profits during that time obviously there was a 
specific reason why. You know, lots of people were locked were at home exploring hobbies and things. With it. That, that, that doesn't allow for that. But there, was, there should have, in theory, been less money slushing about. Uh, and I think there's even less now. But will they just will they just carry on? Juggernaut. Will the big? I mean, will the big boys just carry on while the small guys fall up, fall to the wayside, or will the will the smaller guys be better because they can adapt a little bit more? You know, they, they, it's easy to adapt. If you know, if you've got a small game with some small miniatures, you can very quickly, like the Moonstone guys have, make cardboard standees, and people can still enjoy your games. Um, you, but you know, GW can't do that. They can't. They can't suddenly start producing cardboard standees for everything that they everything they make, nor would they want to. No, I, th- I think there's um, there's a difference as well between when it's better. I'm using better in air quotes as well because what is better, but I think there's a difference as well between um, underworlds, uh, not underworlds. Just I was looking at underworlds in the background there, and it's just made me it's just stuck that underwear. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, the difference as well between when you're playing something socially with other people, like models make that look nicer because it's more thematic and and it looks grander but if you're playing a game especially if you're playing a solo game but if you're playing a small game like a board game blitz bowly type stuff between just two people standees don't really matter it doesn't matter if you've got standees because it's not really you know it's a bit like not quite chess but you know it's like old-fashioned board games where you'd have little colored tokens and things that does the job because it's just to represent where things are on a board. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we've been playing um, Takedo, which I don't think I've ever played with you. We've been playing Takedo during the summer holidays. And that is got a beautiful board. It's all Japanese-style artwork. But you literally just move... Um, I can't remember, remember what it is. You move along the track now. But it, I think it is just um, little cardboard... You know, cardboard, wooden pieces... Uh, yeah. to represent your colour uh, but I can't say it's so unobtrusive what it is that you move I can't even remember what it is <laughs> uh, there's another little tidy colour one for, for moving the score along um, and I, and it, but it's, it's, it's beautiful to look at but it doesn't get in the way it's not over engineered now and there probably already is actually there's probably a deluxe edition this is the other thing it talks about in the article is that we have this new thing is having deluxe editions of games uh, with masses of components and really expensive um, luxury components, which again seems to me like a, a, a total misunderstanding of what a board game, what a board game is really. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we'll have more board games from from more a larger amounts of people because actually getting around, going around somebody's house and all standing in their living room will warm it up. Maybe 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 the pubs will be survived because we'll actually all want to go to the pub, so we don't have to heat our own houses. And I assume that's kind of why they were so big before TV. Because you used to go around for social, social times. But maybe, maybe, maybe we'll keep the, you know, lots of bodies in a in a place. Keep somewhere warm, doesn't it? So maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, places true. will be more sociable. But I'm not sure they will. Uh, no, and I, and I think one of the things that um, Andy was saying as well is that quite often when people have to make cutbacks, obviously they're they're going to put money aside for bills and food and all the necessities. But people might be more likely to not go and go to the pub or things like that they might be more likely to spend that money on their hobby because they know they haven't got you know they're not going to be going out they're not going to be going on holiday or whatever so they're going well you know what i'm going to spend what little money i have on my hobby because i will i will pay they we lie to ourselves i will paint this i will put it together i will play with it and i can get hundreds of hours of fun out of 
buying my GW army or whatever. Whereas if I go to the cinema, I only get a couple of hours worth of entertainment there. So value for money is definitely here, but it's like it's not because you probably won't even put it together. No, cinemas feel like they're in trouble, but that's a whole different conversation. I mean, yeah, have enough problem as it is. But yeah, they 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 are literally they they waste vast amounts of electricity. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're freezing cold. It's yeah. A massive great screen. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. Onitama. People are talking about Onitama. I don't think I've ever heard of Onitama. I'm going to have to look that up now. Um, what sort of game is it? If you can briefly describe it, I'm going to, I'm going to look that up afterwards. Um, and uh, oh, Andrew Mr. Marlow's Marlow's here, here just, just in time. time. You are. Hello, Mr. Marlow. You have Mr. Marlow moment, though, where we learn that Pete would take something like Fireteam to a desert island and I would take Seven Wonders. Um, so, um, sorry you missed that. You'll have to go back and then listen to my... On a time Give me that, and a, that or a deck of cards. Oh, a de- well, yeah. And actually, over the summer, we, we rediscovered cards as a, uh, a as a family, which was really nice because you can play you can play a billion things with a, set, with a deck of cards. <laughs> Yeah, even if it's just fifty-two card pickup. <laughs> Fair enough. My son today, he said, "Oh, I've learned a new game. It's really good." And I just looked at him and went, "It's not fifty-two card pickup, is it?" <laughs> and my other, my other son looked- said, "How'd you play that?" And like, it was oh, so tempted. It was so tempted to throw the cards on the floor, but <laughs> I, 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 I resist. I resisted. <laughs> um, yeah, only time was sort of like chess, but not as obnoxious as chess. Interesting. I'm gonna go take that. But is it only a two-player game? How can chess um, be obnoxious? It's one of the most dull games in the world. <laughs> you clearly haven't watched the Queen's Gambit. Um, <laughs> I, um, I prefer yeah, the Marvel version. I think I said this last week. We, but I've been trying to find good five-player games because there's five of us, and four-player games are easy to find, but five-player games are much, much harder. Um, and I, um, but I can recommend if anybody's played it. Um, it's quite good fun. It's called Space Base, and it doesn't Space have much Space. stuff. It doesn't have much. It's cards. I don't think it would make a good good uh, channel game, unfortunately, unless there were lots of us. But it's um, it's 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 good fun. It's Space Base. Space. Uh, it's a two-player game on a timer. I've got a feeling now. I've said that. I've just I have seen it, and I just forgot what it's called. Um, so I did see a chess-like game two players and I thought well, that'd be good but we my older son really likes playing quite cerebral games and will probably wipe the floor with me but we very very rarely get to sit down and play a two player because one of the others comes along and wants to play and of course as soon as they know you want a two player game that increases the chances of them wanting to join in by about a thousand percent so we, we rarely get to play two player games oh Bobby Humphrey's in hello Bobby I don't think I've ever seen you comment before um, Hello, Bobby. Yes, welcome aboard. Um, Sterling's glad that his wife isn't watching this right now. She'd be agreeing with us completely, or with you completely. <laughs> so she doesn't think you'll ever put together in uh, doesn't in pain. said I don't think you'll ever put together in pain one tenth of your stuff. Yeah, I think that's oh, very true. Got, uh, our friends from New XYZ, our dating site, are in the house. Pete, can you yeah. squash them, please. Um, done, clearly, done, done. Clearly, that's a good way of uh, they've got they've got too much stuff going on. Uh, too much junk maybe um, I do wonder <laughs> if um, if you know in this great you know horrible world that we're currently this this new um, phase of the world we're entering where you know everything costs too much and nobody has any money and 
uh, and, and everything goes to shit. I wonder how many people are going to sit there and go, well, I'm glad I've got a massive mountain of grey stuff I can start painting now. I've got loads. Yeah, I mean, there's two things. One is the secondary market ought to be going up because on the second second hand market because people will be selling it in order to uh, in order to eat. pay the heating uh, yeah pay the heating yeah and so that's that's one thing but uh, also yes people might actually get through their backlog because they they don't need to buy anything uh, Bobby Humphrey says uh, he won't let himself buy anything until he's finished painting what he has that is everybody tells himself that and I'm amazed yeah. I'm not amazed I'm, I'm I take my hat off to you if you can be disciplined enough not to, yeah not to do that. I mean, we get sent stuff, loads of stuff, and then well, not loads of stuff, but we get sent stuff which doesn't help because that is constantly diverting our attention from one thing to another. I mean, you can see on the shelf behind me with Underworlds and Aeronautic Imperialis and MCP. Although we bought all our MCP stuff, we didn't get sent any of that. But there's just so many different things that we we think, oh, this will be the thing that will be our our channel's focus, and then a month later, there's something else. Um, but I wonder a, how many. I, I wonder how many people would actually end up selling their their grey plastic mountain just because when they come to actually putting it together, they realise I never really wanted this in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've got a load of uh, moonstone models which I do want. I'm going to be real play, but I, I I bought them and I've, they're half painted. But then some are, and then the various other things that we've been sent to review have come in, and I haven't been able to get to them. And every time I think, oh, I'm nearly nearly cleared the backlog something else arrived which is a lovely position to be in so it sounds a bit like I'm moaning about that I'm not at all uh, because I really want to paint the kill team models and I really want to paint the scenery but I can't do that and paint the moonstone no um, so um, yeah that's, uh, and that's it's a bit unrelated but I think that's how GW try and corner the market a bit in that they bury YouTubers under free stuff that they spend their lives trying to get around to and then they don't have time to cover anybody else's stuff <laughs> that's part of it part of it yeah it could be it could be um, certainly a first world problem it's not a bad one to have but yeah ma- massively massive first world problem um, yeah so I, don't, I mean I don't I try not to buy too much stuff but I get very captivated by stuff and I guess that is the modern capitalist marketing Stuff that works. I get, you know, I'm getting really into um, the Lord of the Rings card game. Buy a lot of things. Think, oh, and, and, and I, very good. I think all of us are very good at convincing ourselves. Uh, paint with your feet, Robin. Then you can paint all the things. <laughs> um, I think we're. Well, I'm certainly very good at convincing myself that I will find time to play it. Because if, if I just, if I just sort of readjust my day a little bit then I can free up a couple of hours each day to play the Marvel Champions uh, LCG or the Lord of the LCG I can definitely do that easily and the amount of times I must have told myself that I don't know I'm an idiot I'm an idiot or gullible one of the two <laughs> bit of A <laughs> bit of B possibly both, possibly both. <laughs> it's a bit like every time GW bring out a new version of a game like Kill Team like this one's going to be much more playable the rules are going to be much better in this one surely no. Yeah. I was looking through some of the rules <laughs> of the new kill team and some of their close quarters fighting stuff is nonsense. Is it? Oh, good. I'm yeah. That, it's like, we're just not going to use any of them. We're just going to be like, can I see that model? Well, they're sort of sank in the way. Right, they're in cover then. Yeah. Bruce says, game mechanics are what intrigues him more than the components. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for an interesting mechanic too. 
and I try now to, to not look at the components. Um, but it's it can be very difficult to tell whether the mechanics are, are, are good or interesting until you've actually played them a few times mm. as well, and that can that can fluctuate as well. You can play some game. I mean, they're the you can play some games where you think, oh, this is really great, and then you find out actually it's very not great. You know, what, what, you know, it's, it's the same every time, but then suddenly some then you might unlock something else as you realise there's another way to play kind of thing. Um, but game mechanics can can I mean they, they are they are where it's at really. I would much rather play a game with good mechanics than good than nice pieces. Uh, but sometimes it can be hard to see beyond the nice pieces. Yeah, I think quite often, and GW is a good example of this with things like Kill Team. The nice pieces make you just fixate on them. You're like, ooh. Uh, but actually, when you get down to crafting, the mechanics themselves suck. But it's too late. You've already bought this box with like a hundred models in or whatever. You're like, oh, I'm gonna have to do something with this now. But I mean, it's even even the games that have like like Morpheus just mentioned, Marvel Champions and Undaunted. They don't have any whizzy components. They're tokens and cards, but they're very nice tokens and cards. The artwork on the mm. MCP, uh, not MCP, um, Marvel Champions Living Card Game are very nice. Obviously, they've got a lot of the comic book art, and the Undaunted artist is, you know, they fit perfectly the game, and the tiles are really nice. So although they are fairly simple components, they're very nice simple components. Um, Alex Barry says that he's it. moved from army to skirmish games because of the time and the increased pile of shame. Uh, he now just seems to buy more games instead uh, and he envies the discipline of those yeah. who collect and paint and play. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm the same. Certainly I feel like because a skirmish game should be easy to play, um, you could have more of them. It doesn't, it doesn't work out that way. No. <laughs> Uh, and the cheap as well. Have... So you don't, you don't feel like this is like I bought the bought a couple of rule books for skirmish games because they're just the rule book, like the uh, Lion Rampant one. It comparatively, wasn't very much money. But actually, there's a very significant risk that it's just going to end up clogging up my bookshelf for yeah. uh, ten years. Um, uh, Morph yeah. says that he's hoping to get his first game of Undaunted this afternoon with one-stop cop solo rules or should he order some reinforcements I'm not sure on that one I don't know if you've got any of the reinforcement packs Robin I haven't got it I think uh, I don't know whether we can comment on it though um, but War Machine has got the reinforcements uh, but I don't know whether he's played the one-stop co-op solo rules to, to try it out I mean if, to be honest, if you want to play it and you've got those one stop car wall, you might as well try them, I think. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That's what I would do. That said, give them a try. Marvel Champions, I don't know if you've played against Claw yet, Marvel Champions against Claw is a really good gaming experience too. So I think you um I I, I think either I think you're onto a winner either way to be honest, Morph. Uh, Alex Berry says that he's uh, sorry no I read Alex Berry's uh, Mark Reynolds says did we ever play Betrayal at Calf? I think that was definitely one that we looked at a few times and sort of licked our lips and then we didn't in the end. I think I knew that I would never play it because it came with shed loads of plastic, didn't it? Uh, it did. There was quite a few. It was probably a game that didn't need it. I imagine. I, may, I don't know. I don't know how much it was, but it came with a shed load of plastic. Um, but <laughs> um, I've just read Dead Hands <laughs> comment as well. Uh, which I'll read out in a minute. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think I'm glad I didn't buy it. But, but I've heard it's quite good. But um, I've never played it. Um, more stuff is good. VJ, don't listen to those two, says dead hands. <laughs> and Moore says that the good thing about token and card games is you can bin the boxes and put them in small storage boxes or keep the large boxes and you should store all your expansions as well. I mean, I've not bought any other board games where I've 
had to do that. Well, actually, I did with one, which was um, Exploding Kittens. Uh, but other than that, I think we tend to keep the boxes, the games in their original boxes, even though there's lots of dead space in there. Purely yeah, I'm very bad, at, very bad at throwing out boxes, I'm, I have to say. Um, but funny enough, we went on holiday uh, and we were talking about what games to play. And my son was really into Seven Wonders. He really wanted to take Seven Wonders. And I'm like, oh no, we can't really take that because the box is really big and you know, it's got lots of components. And then when we looked at it, it's got a massive plastic insert. And actually, we didn't need to take all the cards because you, know, you don't need all the cards if you've only got you only need all the cards if you've got seven player. Um, so we knew we'd at most have six. Um, and um, so we just took all the cards out put it in the plastic bag, put a couple of plastic placky bags with the other tokens in, and it transported just fine. There's a few player boards, but it transported just fine. And so actually, it didn't need to be anywhere near as big. That's, I'm another, just wondering. that's another whole conversation to have, is whether packaging needs to be more reasonable. Yeah, but I think that one's not just limited to to games like oh, that. No, I think everything. everything is just... Everything. It's, it's horrific. I mean, it's just so much plastic packaging... And it's just yes, yeah, I can't I can't say anything of it. It's just horrific. It is just terrible. Yeah, the GW GW have done a little bit better. The um, rivals decks come in cardboard rather than a plastic. Yeah. Thing, which is quite nice. Uh, there's a, actually funny enough in this magazine, there is a whole section on. Uh, lost it now. Oh yeah, the top t- uh, ten of the best big games in small boxes. So that, that's a, another another article in there. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to buy that sure magazine because I'll just end up buying tons of stuff. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's that is buy part of the part of the problem of buying it. Yeah. It's a bit ironic, really, isn't it? There's a, a magazine with an article about us buying loads of stuff that advertises loads of stuff to buy. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's more talking about the boxes themselves should be smaller rather than you should buy less games. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I'm telling myself. But yes, this ten big games in small boxes nearly cost me an absolute fortune, but I managed to resist. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to think where it all started, really, with these kind of things. Obviously, with GW, they had things like Hero Quest and Space Crusade that they brought back out in the day. They had lots of figures and Battle Masters and stuff like that. They all started that trend of lots of models in a box to play a game and obviously GW released their big almost yearly revisions of either 40k or AOS or whatever which has a new and they started doing the Lord of the Rings ones as well a big army and stuff and of course they, they, everybody does that everybody's doing like here's a box with two armies in and all the rules and you can get crashing straight away I, I, I think what did it was the success of Simon Games and Kickstarter and the fact that you can you can render models in 3D um, packages that look amazing, and then you know people want them. Like the the, the zombie side one that they did for Marvel. The models in the, in the 3D renders, the models look amazing, and people love Marvel. And you can and you 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 know people love getting a bargain. And the way Kickstarter is set up is to make you feel like you're getting a bargain and the more yeah. you buy the better the bargain you're going to get and this actually feeds in this is my mum used to be like this she she if there was a bargain she'd buy loads of it yeah um, so, which is exactly why they do the bargain in the first place what, what exactly and it's, I mean, that's the whole way supermarkets work isn't it with the centralised of all the cheap stuff 
Um, you know, and she would buy more than she ever needed. And there's the classic uh, thing about the the guy who is um, the watermelon seller, and I, I can't yeah. remember it now. I probably I'll probably get it wrong, but he sells watermelons for three pound each. Three pound each, or um, three for a tenner. Three pound, three pound each, or three for a tenner. That's right. And then lots of people were going in and buying three for nine pound, or buying them separately and paying nine yeah. pound, and thinking they thinking they were coming out on top. Um, which and then um, someone yeah, says, a, "Just so you're aware." Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a classic, a classic thing of, of just if you think you're getting a bargain. I mean, I, I think I don't think Kickstarter people particularly think they're getting one over the seller, but uh, you know, you think you're. You're you're getting a bargain, and I think you're really not because you end up not using the stuff. And I don't quite know how the where the profit. I suppose the profit comes in. The, the, the all the profit margins are worked in, in into the into the sale. And of course, with the rising cost of things, that may, may, may have come unstuck. But um, you 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 might be getting a bargain. You might be getting five hundred pounds worth of plastic for three hundred quid. But you're probably only ever going to use a hundred pounds worth of it, which, if, if any. Assuming you don't, it doesn't arrive. And you well, don't there's, just there's get... a lot of people where it definitely is, if any, is definitely the uh, the, the case. Uh, I, I mean, I've tried to to buy less Kickstarters because I know that that I end up not not paying with them. And I think that's the other problem with the Kickstarter is that you can you can almost like we kid ourselves that we can find time to paint stuff you kid yourself that you can find time to play it and you're even deferring the problem because you haven't got to find time to play it now by the time it arrives my life will be different I'll be more organised by then and the children will be older so I can play it with them etc 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 self justify self justify and then lo and behold two years later the game you've completely forgotten about um, turns up and um, you don't want to play it because you're not interested anymore and you've already watched someone else play some playthroughs and you've given up caring about it yeah, can you remember the two uh, Kickstarters we backed, Pete? No. For no, exactly. We we backed one by creature. We backed two. Which, yeah. Well, well, one we kind of joined in at the end, so we All didn't right. much back it as we just we just it was funded and we got the we we we, we, we went in on the basic kit after. Oh, okay. So there's one. So I remember Saint the creature Jitsu. cast one. Now you mentioned it. Yeah. The the hex based oh, sort of underworld yeah. equivalent type thing. And then one called Sinjitsu, which is a Japanese sort of. Equivalent, in, I think in, in in one of the game magazines it referred to yes. as the underworld. So we, we right, basic level. But I mean, there are reasons why, obviously. But they're behind schedule. I don't think they're close to fulfilling. Who knows when they're fulfilling? I mean, we might have gone home and not be doing the channel anymore. We've given up they by the creature faster one. So it's a bit feels a bit like that. There was um, the other one we never did get in the end, but there was, it was um, the Super Fantasy Brawl one. Yeah, that yeah. was another well, one which we did manage to dodge. People love that, but we've never. Yeah. Every now and then I see it, and I just think maybe I'll just get the base game, or mm. something like that. But I just, yeah, I think, I, I think, oh, my, and another thing I do uh, is I think maybe if I get that, that will be the thing that my kids will be really interested in, and that will get me into gaming. And you know, it's not so. <laughs> Yeah, I've come to the conclusion that my kids don't want to play miniatures games, so I'm not even trying with those anymore. Uh, but they do love War of the Ring, the card game behind me there, um, which you can't really see. I wonder if it's yeah. because is it because it's a card game, it's quicker to play, and therefore there's not as much upfront faff. 
Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. I don't know what it is about that because actually it's really quite complex. Um, and you know, it, it, it really. Well, again, we'll talk about this more. I'll uh, chat. It really invokes the books and the, the stories. I think, and it, it's a bit asymmetric as well. So, I mean, they they've tended to play the bad guys. The bad. I think it's slightly easier to really feel the bad guys. I say I say that I haven't won yet. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's. Um, I, but it really captures how the how the books work, and they've never played those, but they they love it, and they the, I think the artwork is great, uh, and that helps. Fair enough, talking about stuff and, and what things look like. Um, but there isn't a miniature in sight, and it, but it's captured them. Uh, I think, I think overall, the 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 stuff, you know, why we keep buying stuff, why we have loads of stuff, I think it comes down to just the fact that we've been conditioned to to want this stuff and if you have a game and all the pieces are little bits of wood shaped or coloured meeples or card it always feels like there's something not quite there without that plastic 3D element to it I think it's because we've just been conditioned with a lot of games now to feel like it needs that but a lot of them really don't maybe yeah I, I, I feel like I I feel like my problem is different to that. I, I don't actually feel like I need the plastic, um, but I do. I do feel like I do. I do, I do fall foul of the thing of thinking that the, the, the next thing that I buy will be the next thing that I that I love, and that I will play loads and things sound brilliant. And I want to get part of that and doing the channel as well. The amount of times I bought stuff and thinking it's going to be the thing that makes the channel go from tens of viewers to. 20. 20s yeah <laughs> <laughs> or hundreds of years you know it's going to be the thing that propels. and I think I see things and I think oh that looks amazing people were going to love like I mean Marvel Crisis Protocol I know that is a miniatures game I, I was sure that when we played that people would watch it and that people would love it uh, and that clearly wasn't the case so I think I'm a really bad judge of, of what people probably want to watch but I convinced myself that this thing that I get like I back the Dice Throne game because I was sure that we would play it on the channel and um, people would love to watch it. Now, now it's arrived. I, the kids enjoy it. Now it's arrived. I'm almost thinking, well, I don't even know if I want to play that on the channel. I don't, I don't know, I've got tired to play it on the channel. Uh, we should play it on the channel, actually, because it's not a bad game and it's just come out. Oh, the Kickstarter's been fulfilled. It's just come out in the US, at least, uh, in the shops. So we probably want to play it on the channel. It might, it might be the thing that makes us really big, Pete. <laughs> yeah. I think we saw that with uh, with Moonstone. Moonstone, that'll be the next thing that makes three big now. Aaron Oscar Imperial. Yeah, we need well, to follow up. Nice quick to, and fun. Yeah, we need to follow up on that Moonstone though, because we I think we did we did generate a few, few new viewers and things, and then we've kind of because some some holidays came. So in the autumn, we need to get back on the Moonstone trail, but digging up some Moonstone. Um, but this year has been, I think, typified by us flailing around trying to find something that we enjoy in the way that we enjoy Underworld in our Underworld's heyday and that's part of the problem with stuff I think but I, 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 I don't know about you but I, I have been struggling to find my hobby mojo for about 12 months at least now <laughs> what, what is it what is it that I want to do what is it that, that I want to play um, and I think and the that's more I've trouble for like us because we're games. Yeah, I think that, that's a problem for us more because we're doing a channel. If we weren't doing a channel, yeah, 
we just yeah. wouldn't do anything. It's like we would just either, you know, like you say, we'd just either play board games or or something. Yeah, we'd just do whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is yeah. the end of this is the end of the channel. Angels Con has been cancelled. Sorry about that. Yeah, and, we're, we're uh, done. Yeah, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Actually I'm really looking forward to meeting everybody because I think that might help at least not kickstart my hobby idea, but at least um it's been quite a long well, I still haven't seen that many people even though COVID's kind of not over but you know it's you just see the same small group yeah. of people that you yeah. yeah there's um, a little chat going on that um, Sterling Northam suggested that maybe we need some kind of AA for miniature gamers to, to try and stop <laughs> us from buying more and more stuff that we don't need so every time somebody announces some new shiny thing they could they could go to that group and go I'm really tempted by this new shiny thing and everybody in the group could just go you're not going to play it though, are you? You don't really need to do You've got lots of other stuff. And then they go, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then they wouldn't buy it. Um, no. I've managed to get quite good at doing that myself. Because, mostly because of the channel. Because I sit here and think, oh, I'd really like that. Horus Heresy, 40k, whatever it is. But I think, I'm never going to play it on the channel. So I'm not going to bother because I won't have any time outside of the channel. Yeah, I think it's being able to stop long enough. Like if they, on the Kickstarters, if they had the Kickstarter, they said you can you can put yourself down for a copy now, but you don't buy it for another 18, 24 months. If they then came back to you 18, 24 months later with a box saying, do you want to buy it now? I reckon 90% of people would just go, nah, not really. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, the potential of what the game might be is actually more appealing than the reality of what the game is. Yeah. That's partly why the model the model is what it is. <laughs> yeah, the model is literally there just to it's it's the the pretty lady lounged across the sports car to to really try and get your attention into buying the thing that afterwards you're just sitting there going, But now I've got a sports car, I don't know what to do with it kind of yeah. situation. Yeah. I'm I was catching up all these comments, I mine have popped down to all the porn. Um so, stop so clicking on it. it. Yeah, and then, then all these pop-ups came up and I didn't know what to do. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to read through these comments. Um, I haven't played London Morph. I did have a copy, and then I think I never played it, so in the end I, I, I gave it away. Uh, but it's a Martin Wallace game, I think, so it's probably pretty good. And Morph does point out that, like a lot of us, after a really crappy long day of dealing with kids or work or commuting or whatever else it is, just generally putting up with life in the general shite state that it is these days, mm. you know, you quite often don't have that motivation to then want to go and play something either. So I think a lot of times looking at something and thinking, that looks exciting, I reckon I'd play that. You buy it, but then when you get it, you sit there and it's it has exactly the same level of excitement as all the other things you've got, and you just don't play that either. That is that is very much an issue. It's quite funny when we when we try and because we played a lot of games this summer holiday. But when we try and pick a game that we want to play, the four of us, my wife's normally working, but the four of us, we're like, we can never agree because we never like somebody doesn't like that one or doesn't want to do that one. And I can't face trying to corral the kids for that one, and then we end up like, oh, we'll just play this one. Then we, we always play because we, you know, we can't we can't yep. we can't break out of our of our of our comfort zone. Uh, you always end up or, watching friend reruns again. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, we're watching Modern Family at the moment, but it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we have hit our, we have it at eleven o'clock, so it's at the end of our rambly streams. It was it was very rambly today. Thank you for watching, everybody. Um, yeah, uh, who knows what we might play in the future? 
Yeah, for anybody yeah. still around, either listening on the podcast or, or on the chat now, thank you for joining us this evening and listening to our rambles. Uh, do go over to Facebook, like and subscribe over there, and on YouTube and all those kind of places, and ring the bell so you can catch these live in the future. And let yes. us know what what is the main, what is the last thing you bought where you once it arrived, you never looked at it afterwards. What is that thing? I'd love to hear what people's comments are on that. Yeah, I would be interested to know what. Uh... Yeah, what's the, what's the what's the thing you've never played and should play? Maybe we should have a, a a sort of amnesty type thing where people name a game that they should play, and then the next month they have to come back. They have to have played yeah. it. Let's know how we would enforce it. Let's we've uh, we've had a request for us to play Space Crusade, so maybe we should break that out at some point. Right, in a few okay, games. Well, you've got that. I haven't got that, so yeah. that's, that's 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 on you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I happily I happily give it a go. Um, it's not painted, yeah. but it doesn't need to be. Okay. It's all we'll coloured plastic. Actually, that, that's what I was going to say. I've been trying to think struggle what I was going to say. Morph said about uh, finds the motivation to play after a day of yeah, doing the shit clients. You, you, you mentioned that comment. But I, um, I, I, if I've had a crap day or I'm tired, then I like to paint now. That, that, yeah. that, that, that mindfulness keeps me going. Um, yeah. If only there Trouble is when it's just about painting. When it's just about Sorry? painting, though, as well. It, it's that thing of you, you might want to paint one or two stormtroopers or one or two space marines or a couple of gene stealers or whatever it is but you don't want to paint a whole freaking army of them no that's true that's why Underworld is so good isn't it? yeah that, respect. that is the draw of Underworld um, yeah yeah it's quite funny about it's saying that if only there were more people to play with it's, by the time because obviously Pete and I do this on a Tuesday and a Thursday night by the time I've done that, it almost feels like any trying to fit in a third gaming session with people who aren't my children feels like it's too decadent. It's three nights of gaming out of seven in a week. Oh, it yeah. just feels like it's it's just you know it's just too decadent. <laughs> Bobby Humphrey says the main reason he's looking forward to having children is some people he can force to play board games with him. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't yeah, want to, it's, it's not. Yeah. It takes all the fun out of it. it, it I, I have to say, I wouldn't necessarily it's probably cheaper to pay hookers and get them to play with you that's probably what probably what I would say and, and less yeah. probably less stressful as well to do it that yeah. way there's a small chance right. of being arrested I suppose um, but ultimately um, I have finally got there but my oldest is nearly 17 and that's quite yeah. a long time to, to go and it, it, yeah but um, but we have had fun this summer so possibly it's been worth it <laughs> Yeah, it's only been 17 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, it's now nearly 10 past 11, so I think we should definitely stop there. We should definitely, and, definitely stop. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. I don't think we've got a topic in mind for a couple of weeks' time, but uh, hopefully something will, will land in our laps. Maybe it'll be yeah, about AgentsCon, um, because well, it'll be the week of AgentsCon, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do remember that we're around on Thursday we're going to be playing the War of the Ring the card games if you're into that or into into, into looking at um, Lord of the Ring stuff then um, do tune in for that and uh, we'll see you soon uh, on the Age of Sigma yeah thanks for joining bye. us bye thanks for listening we do hope you enjoyed the show We'd like to put a special thank you out there to all our Patreon supporters for making this possible. If you do want to help support us further, please check us out on Patreon. All money plays go straight back into making more of this content. Also, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find links in the show notes. We'll see you soon. Bye! Bye.